So I'm not going to get into what I shared at the 10 a.m., but I want to continue with part two today of how to be led by the Spirit. Let me uh, reiterate the last verse that I shared at the end of the service. So go with me to Romans chapter, and I'm watching the clock. We're going to end on time, so don't be concerned. I knew the message would be a little shorter because we had the announcement about Oasis today, but but that's fine. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. Read with me if you would. Now listen, don't any of you say I've heard this before. Are you listening? I just heard the Holy Ghost on the inside of me say, some of them are saying, son, I've heard this before and they've already tuned you out. Let me repeat that again for those of you that are in a comatose state this morning. Some of you say, I've heard that before and you've tuned me out already. It would behoove you not to have an I know it all attitude. Because every time I hear Dad Hagen, Pastor Nancy, anybody talk about this subject, my ears perk up. Because I know that there's things I don't know about being led by the Spirit. And you know how I know? Just look at the mistakes I've made. Unless you've never made a mistake in the last six months, you, there's more for you to learn. And if you put your hand up, you're nothing but a liar. I'm going I'm to pray for you and help you. We've all made errors. We've all made missteps. We've all done things that maybe we shouldn't have done. And God in his mercy restores us. God in his mercy helps us. But he doesn't want us to live a life continuing to step on the mines in the minefield. He wants to guide us through. He doesn't want us to keep having failed relationships. He doesn't want us to keep having businesses that don't work. He doesn't want us to keep failing, Jenny. He wants to say, listen, you made some mistakes. My mercy's on you. I'll help you get back on the path. But, but learn. Learn how to be led. Because if you can learn to be led by my spirit, I can lead you in, out, into and out of any issue that you'll ever face. Amen. Kenneth E. Hagin said this, and it's the main theme quotation for the series. The most important thing you can teach a believer is how to be led by the spirit. He didn't say faith. He didn't say love. He didn't say forgiveness. He didn't say prosperity. He didn't say any of that. The most important thing you can teach a believer is how to be led. Because if you've got cancer, but you don't know where to turn, the Holy Ghost knows where to you. He knows where you should turn. You don't know the verse. He knows the verse. You don't know the tape series to listen to. He knows the tape series to listen. You don't know what church to go to. He knows what church to send you to. The Holy Ghost can get you out of any trouble because he's God. If we can learn to tap into our spirits more, it will help us more. So I shared with you a little bit of the uh, first service, which I'm not going to get into again, but let's read Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. Did you notice that the equation between your born-again spiritual experience, the equation, the equality to that is that you're led? How many sons of God are not led? I've met people all my life, they, they have memorized scriptures, that doesn't mean you're led. They are faithful to come to church, that doesn't mean you're led. They live a moral life, that doesn't mean you're led. You can have all those things and even partially a renewed mind in the word, that doesn't mean you know how to develop your human spirit. That doesn't mean your spirit man is, is where you are in tune to the spirit in your spirit speaking to you, leading you. But did you notice that part of my, right, my rightful inheritance as a believer is that I can be led? So don't ever say, I don't know if God wants to lead me, because if you're a child of God, God wants to lead you. 
Now, I didn't say that he's always going to speak to you. I said he's going to lead you. Leading and speaking are different things. And we're not necessarily talking about speaking, although part of the leading is like a whisper. And technically, when you whisper, you are speaking to somebody. But, but it's so still and it's so small, you can miss it very easily. But it's a, sense of, it's a sense inside. It's a sense of knowing. It's a sense of guiding. And that is really what we're talking about. But the first thing is, if you're a born-again believer, if you're a son of God, you have a right to be led. As soon as you get saved, you have a right to be led. Being led is not determined on your physical age. There are children that can be led. Being led is not determined by your spiritual age. There are brand new Christians that can be led the same day that they get born again. And there's Christians that have been saved for 30 years and still don't know how to be led. So just because you're an older Christian doesn't mean that you've made it. That doesn't mean that you've succeeded. I said in the first service, I'll say it again. The government decides that a 14-year-old child does not have the maturity of brain to operate a car. Why? They haven't developed enough yet. That 14-year-old tells you that they are ready to drive the car. They've played video games where they've driven cars. They've watched movies where people have driven cars. They've sat there watching mom and dad drive the car. But the government says you are not ready for the responsibility of driving a car. Why? You're not mature enough. You haven't developed enough. Your brain has not developed enough. Even the secular government tells us when things are not developed right. Do you understand? How much more for the spiritual believer? There are believers that have to grow up and mature and develop their ability to hear their spirits. And until they do that, God, who's greater than the government, won't put responsibilities on them. There are certain things that God will trust you with when you're, when you're just in your mind all the time. But there are certain things God will not trust you with. You, you, don't have, you don't qualify for the responsibility of certain anointings and of certain assignments from God until you have matured and developed and have learned to listen to your spirit. Just like a child has to develop and then God trusts then the parent trusts that child. So a believer has to develop for God to trust that believer. You know, a dog, we got frustrated with our dog. We called in a dog whisperer because I didn't know what was going on. And they taught us that dogs, until six months of age, their brain does not develop where they can fully understand the commands about going on the pee pad or outside or whatever, that, whatever you're doing to potty train them. And so you get frustrated with an animal because it doesn't understand. But at six months, it was like flicking a switch. At six months, he didn't get it. And at six months, he got it. He wasn't trying to be disobedient. He wasn't mature enough as a baby puppy to understand what we were communicating to him. Just like children aren't mature enough as young teenagers or or, or adolescents. They don't understand what adults are saying to them because their brain hasn't developed. Right? Spiritual, it's the same. Some Christians are just not mature enough to understand what God's trying to tell them. Because they haven't developed. They're not mature, not up here in their intellect and with their degrees. That's got nothing to do with it. They haven't matured and developed their spirits. So they can't figure out what God wants them to do. And God can't then trust them with responsibility because they don't know how to hear him. Are you listening? God wants us to develop. He develops us because we're born again. Sinners do not have the opportunity to develop this. So don't ever talk to a sinner about being led by the Spirit. They can't be led by the Spirit because they don't have the Spirit. 
The Spirit is around them convicting them that if they don't get saved, they're going to go to hell. But he's not leading them down the path of life. Only when he comes into you, look at verse 14, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. When you become a child of God, the Spirit of God immediately wants to lead you. You have to develop the ability to sense his leading. You have to develop your sensitivity to your own spirit so that you know what God is trying to say. Then he'll trust you with responsibility. That's called growing up in Christ. Look at verse 16. It tells us a bit more how God leads us. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. What's verse 14 saying? You have a right to be led because you're saved. Now what's verse 16 saying? Let me tell you, son, how I'm going to lead you. It's called the bearing of witness. Did you see it didn't say a voice? It didn't say a dream. It didn't say an angel. It didn't say a prophecy. It didn't say any of that. It said a bearing of witness. A bearing of witness, what we see in the Old Testament, is the equivalent of, with Elijah, the still, small voice. What we saw with King Solomon, he said, give me a hearing, understanding heart. The anointing was on Solomon as a king, well, not in him, but even with the anointing on him, he could still have a hearing heart where he could hear what God wanted him to do. And that's in the Old Covenant. Elijah as a prophet had the anointing on him, not in him, but even on him, God said, I'm not in the earthquake, I'm not in the fire, I'm not in this, I'm not in that, I'm in the still small voice. It's a whisper. But even with the anointing on the Old Testament prophet, he could still hear the whispers of the Spirit. How much more the believer? We have the anointing in us. We have the Spirit in us, not just on us. That is why as a child of God filled with the Holy Ghost in your spirit, your spirit is controlled by the Holy Spirit. He lives inside you, unlike David, unlike Solomon, unlike Elijah. But with that in, with the Holy Ghost in us, we have a right to be led. If they could hear the whisperings in a lesser covenant with the Spirit on them, not in them, why can't we hear the whisperings in a better covenant with them in us? Don't get me riled. Let me read you Romans 8 from the Passion Translation because I like the way it says this part. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. Romans 8, 14. The mature children of God, mature, are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Impulses. Impulses. The impulses. Remember the King James says you're led. If you're a child of God, you're led. What is the leading? It's knowing the impulses of the Spirit. What did it say here? You're mature. But notice the King James says you've just been born again. You can mature very quickly in God by listening to the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Now look at verse 16 in the the, uh, Passion. It says, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being You are God's beloved child. What's he doing? He is whispering into our innermost being. What's our innermost being? Our spirit. If the New Testament believer, if the Old Testament believer, namely Elijah, could hear the whispers, the still small voice, the whispers of God in a lesser covenant outside the born again experience, how much more can a child of God believer where the Holy Ghost lives in him hear the whispers of God? Being led by the Spirit is learning the whispers of God. Most times God will lead you with a whisper, not with a yell. 
Most times he'll lead you by the inner witness, the knowing on the inside, that impulse of the spirit more than he'll lead you with a dream. I still hear people talking all the time about dreams. Listen, God can speak to you through dreams. That is not your primary. That is not what you put your faith on. That is not what you get excited about. And many of your dreams are nonsense dreams anyway. They're because you ate something weird or your body, your physiological part of your mind, your brain is very complicated. God's made an amazing machine. It's trying to absorb. It's trying to deal with psychological problems, frustrations, hurts, issues. And many times dreams are just, it's trying to hash things out while you sleep. But people wake up, oh, God told me to do this. God didn't tell you to do anything. Anytime I get a dream, if I don't have a bearing of witness, I don't do what the dream says. I don't write the dream down. I don't send to the dream, my pastor my dream. I'm not saying you can't send me your dream. I'm saying be careful. Because people put so much emphasis on dreams. And they've got to be very careful with that. You're not promised dreams. You're promised the inner witness, the whisperings of the Spirit in your innermost being. That is the only thing the devil can't counterfeit. The devil can counterfeit a dream. The devil can counterfeit a prophecy. The guy could be under a wrong spirit and prophesy something from hell to you, but put the name of Jesus on it. And I've seen it happen. The devil can counterfeit a gift of the spirit. The devil can counterfeit uh, uh, nature. So uh, I just felt, you know, in the, uh, the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is, that's a bunch of hogwash. I've listened to the wind and there ain't no answers in it. Have you ever heard the wind? Have you ever heard an answer blowing in the wind? That's a bunch of nonsense. There's, that's what the world, the world's so desperate for answers, they're listening to the wind. They're desperate for answers, Jenny. They're desperate for what I have. They're desperate for what you have. They're desperate for God to reveal. But because they're dead unto God in their spirit, because they won't come into the covenants of grace. They're dead from God. They're separated from God. Their God is the devil, not Jesus. And they don't have answers. So they get a guitar out when they're having a melancholy night and they're sad and they say, well, I don't know where the answer's coming from. The answer, my friend, maybe it's blowing in the wind. You know how depressing that song is? If I lived my life, Tony, and I thought my answers were blowing in the wind, I might as well just throw the towel in right now. Let me tell you, as a believer, don't listen to no wind. Your answers aren't blowing in the rustling trees. Your answer is in here. Your answer, my friend, is from the wind. It's from the wind of the Holy Ghost that came inside of you and is ready to teach you all things. The Bible says in 1 John 5, you have, an, you have an unction on the inside of you and you need no man teach you for you've got an unction that teaches you all things. That's not talking about the fact that you don't need somebody to preach and teach the Bible to you. What it's saying is when you feel in your heart to marry this old girl here. She's not an old girl, but you know what I'm saying. Pastor Nancy's jewel and prize in her crown that you stole from my spiritual mother. You stole her. Thank God you did, brother. Thank you for doing that. But when he checks his spirit and God bears witness that she's his wife, that's what it's talking about. He does not have need to come and say, Pastor, should I marry her? Because he needs instruction from no man when he's got the bearing of witness of the Holy Ghost because the anointing in him knows all things. That's if he's learned to listen to that anointing. Yeah. 
So why do people sometimes come and ask me things? Because they haven't learned to listen. That's all it is. You don't know. You can't divide if that's God or you. So you're not sure. So you come, it's okay to come and ask somebody that is over you spiritually that has divine authority in your life and say, Pastor, you know, you're not going to control me or manipulate me or guide me, but I just want to run something by you because I'm a little bit confused. I don't really know what to do. See, when they are confused, they come and ask me. And sometimes God reveals it to me and sometimes that he doesn't. And I tell them, just go and pray in the Holy Ghost. You're going to know what to do. And sometimes he shows me and I'll tell them what to do, but they still have the choice not to do what I say. But the only reason they need to come, Willie, the only reason they need to come is if they don't know the dividing between soul and spirit. If they know, Taylor didn't come, well, you did, but not in that way. You didn't come say, Pastor, I really know. You said, Pastor, I got to, I remember you talked to me. You said, I got a bearing of witness. I believe this is the right girl. He did it to just run it by me. I checked, I had a piece, but he wasn't really coming because he was vacillating. He has an unction of the Holy One and he knows all things. He needs no man to teach him for he knows. When you get to know the unction on the inside of you, you don't even need to ask the pastor counsel because you know. You only come and ask for counsel because you don't know. You're not skillful enough to divide. And you better be humble enough because if you don't know how to divide, you better come and ask for help. Because I've seen people that don't know how to divide, but they're too proud to admit that they don't know how to divide. And then they make the wrong decision based on pride because they don't want to ask for counsel. And if they'd come, I would have said to them, I don't have a witness with that. Do whatever you want to do. It's your life. But if I were you, I'd go pray about that again because I get a check in my spirit with what you're saying. See, all I am is a safety net. I'm not the dictator. I'm a safety net. You're bouncing something off the safety net. If the ball comes back to you green, it means I'm in agreement. I think you're right. That doesn't mean you are. It just means that I don't have any check. But if the ball comes bouncing off the net to you and there's a red flashing light, it means something in my spirit is going, dee, 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 dee. you better go back and check. But you still don't have to follow my instruction. We're not a cult here. I don't control anybody. And I don't take responsibility for your bad decisions either. Otherwise, you come back and hold my feet to the fire and say, well, I married that person because you said so. No, no, no. You misheard. I didn't say, I said, follow your heart. Do you understand? But when you get to know the Holy Ghost, you've got an unction of the Spirit inside you and you get to know all things. You, get, you don't even need to teach you. Not, not to teach in terms of the teaching anointing in the church. You're always going to need that instruction. But when it comes to your individual minuscule decisions as well as large massive decisions that you and only you can make that nobody can take responsibility for, whether you ask the pastor or not, it's not his responsibility. He may tell you what he thinks, but it's going to come on your head. When you make the mistake, you're going to live with it. When you marry the wrong person, I am going to be there on your honeymoon. Thank God. When you're fighting at home, I'm not there with you. When you go under in business, I'm not there. You can't blame me and I'm not going to bail you out. My job is to counsel and advise you. Your job is to make the decision. Make the right decision. And you only need to come for counsel when you can't tell the difference between what is me and what is the Holy Ghost. Then come and ask and humble yourself. But if you know that it's the Holy Ghost, you don't need to ask. You you, you with me? I know Promise of Life Oasis is the perfect will of God. I don't need to call Pastor Nancy. I need to call her. But when it came to our Winnipeg church, I wasn't sure. Something seemed grinding. Something seemed hard. Something wasn't working right. We had put tens of thousands of dollars into that Winnipeg church and nothing was working right. And I was grieved every time I got on the plane. Now I'm more advanced now than I was then, thank God. I wouldn't make that mistake now. But see, I was still learning. 
So I went to my spiritual father and I said, doctor, what do you think? I've got there's something wrong here. I don't know what it is. And then he says, oh, you shouldn't have started the church. I knew that six months ago. You, you knew that six months ago and you didn't tell me? I said, you knew that six months ago when you heard me first talk about it and you didn't tell me? He said, no, I don't tell you. It's your job to learn how to listen to the Holy Ghost. That's right, yeah. But if you knew, you could have saved me tens of thousands of dollars. And he said, and aren't you so happy I didn't? I said, no, I'm not so happy you didn't. He said, aren't you so happy you've learned? You've learned an important lesson now, son. You've learned how to make a mistake. And you've lost some money in the result, but it didn't kill you. It didn't bankrupt your church. But it was more important that you learn the lesson than me just spout off to you before you learned the lesson because then you're dependent and reliant on me. Now you're going to be more reliant on the Holy Ghost. Yeah. But did you notice that he was still there as a safety net when I wasn't sure when things weren't working and I went and asked and I could get out of it? Unlike a marriage, you, well, you can, but not supposed to get a divorce. But unlike a marriage, you can get out of certain things. And I said, Pat, I said, doctor, I I'm making a mistake here. Am I making a mistake? Do you remember we asked him, Jenny? And he said... We asked him too late. We should have asked him right at the beginning, but I wasn't mature enough to ask him. Well, I did. I did go to him, but I didn't ask him. I told him. I said, Doctor, God told me to plant a church in Winnipeg. Isn't that great? He nodded his head. Now, if I'd known, Willie, what the nod of the head meant, I would have asked another question, but I didn't know back then. I just thought, oh, good. He's in agreement. Wonderful. But what he, immediately God said, he's out of the will of God and it's going to fail. He could have said, Pastor Craig, you're out of the will of God and it's going to fail. But I didn't ask him. I told him. That's right. Oh, I wish people would listen. <laughs> I've said it a hundred times. People yes. still don't do it. No. They come in and they tell me things. They don't ask me things. Yeah. Now, you don't have to ask me if you know. Amen. But if you know, it will work. Amen. So when you don't know, but you think you know, you don't ask, you tell. You go and do it anyway and just want me to make, appease your conscience and make you feel good. So that you leave the pastors telling your husband or wife, he's for me, he's with us. But you never really asked, you told. And you made the decision before you even came in anyway. And then you go and you actually haven't heard from God and you ruin something in your life. Then you'll know, oh, that's, being led by, that's, what, that's what not being led by the Spirit is like. But don't beat yourself up over it. Forgive yourself. I had to forgive myself. And I've done this more times than I can count. And I'm ashamed to say. But, I, but we're all learning. And I have to get back on the horse and I have to say, Father, I'm a child of God. I have a right to be led by the Spirit of God. And the way you lead me primarily is not dreams and prophecies and all that stuff. You lead me by the inner witness. You lead me by the whisperings of the Holy Ghost. You lead me by the impulses of the Spirit. It's down in here in my belly. It's not up here in my mind. I'm not going to be able to quantify everything, but I'm going to develop my human spirit so that I can learn what the leadings of the Spirit are. Because if I don't, you won't trust me with responsibility. Amen. Are you with me? We all miss it. But it'll help you if you're not sure to come and ask instead of telling. Because then I have an open door to say, I wouldn't do that. Or yes, go ahead and do that. But if you don't ask, I don't tell. That's the rule. But somebody recently got upset with me. They said, if you knew that we were making a mistake, why didn't you tell us? Just like I said to doctor. And I looked at them and I said, I didn't tell you because you never gave me the open door to tell you. But you're my pastor. You have a right. I said, no, I don't have a right. You only open the door for me to tell you when you come in and ask. Yeah. Then I have the open door to tell you. When you come in and dictate, you have automatically, even though you're in a counseling session, you have shut the door. And God will not permit me to tell you. You know why he won't even let me tell you? Because then it's manipulation. That's right. When you come and say, I'm doing this, pastor, and I say, no, you're, you shouldn't, that's manipulation. 
But when you come and say, Pastor, I'm thinking, but I'm not sure if it's the Holy Ghost or not. I can't really tell. So if I knew, I wouldn't even come because I've got that unction. But I'm still learning how to listen to the unction. I can't really tell. But could you just help me? Could you weigh it? Could you just check your spirit and see if you think I'm on the right track or not? And you ask, and I have a check. I'll tell you right away, I wouldn't do that, or I would do that. But you're still responsible yourself. But when you get to know that inner witness so deep, yes. so deep, you don't need to come and ask anybody for counsel right. because you don't need any counsel of any man because you know the spirit. That knowing is developed spirituality. That knowing is a Christian that has grown up in Christ. Knowing where you don't even need to ask anybody because you got the unction and you know that's the sign that you're becoming a mature believer. Did you see that? The mature believers are those that are led by the Spirit. Amplified Romans 8, 14. How is he going to lead us, Willie? Not with all the dramatics as much, but with the whisperings and impulses and bearing of witness down in here. That's how he leads us. Praise God. You still with me? I'm watching the time. Do not be concerned. The greatest and most basic advantage we have as believers is the leading of the Spirit. How is it that many people live their whole Christian lives and do not develop the ability to be led by the Spirit when it is the most basic and important advantage the believer has? Dad Hagen would say this, people seem to run in every direction looking for everything except the most important thing God says. They're looking for help and advice and counsel from everywhere except the one place they should, which is down here. You're looking for help from the prayer line. You're looking for help here. You're looking, oh, what's this? Oh, Lord, give me a prophecy. Oh, Lord, let me look at some website. You don't need to do that. You need to look down here. The one place that people need to look, they don't look. And the one advantage that every believer has but that, that separates us from the unbelievers is this. They'll know us by our love one for another. That's the verse everybody quotes. That's the verse everybody likes. But this verse says that if you're born again, you're led by the Spirit. So people should know us not just by our love. They should know us. They should be able to distinctly tell there's a difference between you and there's a difference between me as a sinner and as a Christian. You seem to always make right decisions. You seem, it's, it's like you've got a crystal ball. That's what they'll say because they don't know us what to call it. There's something guiding you that I can't put my finger on. See, believers, there should be a distinction to unbelievers. That's the leading of the Spirit. Yes. Yes, we're known by our love, but it says here that if I'm, if I'm born again, I'm led. So something about my ability to be led by God should distinguish me from my unsaved co-workers. Yeah. Are you with me? Yes, Some of you are pondering. Is that why you're so quiet? Yes. Have a look at Proverbs 18, 28. Proverbs 18, 28. This is a prophecy. It's spoken future tense, so it's a prophecy. Not Proverbs, Psalms. I keep saying Proverbs. It's Psalms. I'm sorry. Psalms 18, 28. The reason I know that is because Proverbs 18 doesn't have 28 verses. So that's a big, pretty big indicator, eh, Brother Wayne? <laughs> Proverbs 18, 28. Let's look at verse 27. For thou wilt save the afflicted people, but will bring down the high looks, the, ha the haughty, proud ones. For thou wilt, wilt, future, light my candle. The Lord, my God, will enlighten my darkness. What's Solomon talking about? He's saying you will. This is a prophecy about believers in the New Testament. But he's saying you will light my candle. You will enlighten my darkness. What does that have to do with the leading of the Spirit? Well, quickly have a look, please, at, in the Bible. 
in the book of Proverbs chapter 20. This is Proverbs now, not Psalms. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27. The spirit of man, are you there with me? Are you learning a little bit this morning to help you? Remember, we need, we need to get excited about this subject because it's something you need every day. You need to soak in this. Don't get tired of the word of God, my people. And love the word of God. It will change your life. And, and, and I study after the best man that ever lived, in my opinion, Dad Hagen. I learned from Dad Hagen. I learned from Pastor Nancy. I learned from Dr. Dufresne. I've learned from others like Pastor Jay Epperly, who's very skillful on this subject, and many other ministers that I trust. And, and I'm compiling all of what they've taught me all these years into this series. What you're learning is not just me pulling out a, a card. You, this is years of compiled information and my own personal 29 years in the pulpit experience that I'm putting into one soup. Yeah. By the way, Peter Carrot, Peter. Peter Rabbit carrot soup is available after service. I forgot to announce that. Yeah, so please make sure you get some. I've laid hands on the carrots. Well, I didn't, but I'm going to tell you I did. And you eat that soup, you'll get smarter. I'm telling you, your IQ just shoot through the roof. Praise God. What was I talking about, Taylor? How did we talk about carrots? I put it all in one soup. I put it in one soup. This is, this is, this is years of, of trial and error. You can't put a price on that. When you have a novice minister teach you something that is in theory, but they've never experienced, that's different. It's like somebody that's never been married teaching a marriage seminar. That's only theory, my buddy. That ain't no practical. You never felt her right hook. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Proverbs 20, moving right along, and verse 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Where is your spirit? It's not in your wrist, it's not in your head, and it's not here in your heart cavity. Your spirit, the Bible says, is in your belly. That's why you'll hear preachers say, look to your spirit, and we look down. As you can tell, I have a bigger spirit than most of you have. <laughs> Just kidding. My spirit man is in my belly region. Now, what is the spirit called? The candle of the Lord. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inner parts of your being, of your belly. So your spirit man is a candle. What did Solomon say in Psalms? He said, the Lord will light my candle and enlighten my darkness. Why? Are you listening? When you're not saved, you're, you're, listen, can everybody understand this? When you're, even if you're not saved, your spirit is alive. It's just not alive unto God, but it's alive. When you die, your spirit goes to hell. It's very alive and it's going to go somewhere. So people that are not saved, their spirit is still here, but it's darkened. It's not alive. There's no light to it. It's alive, but it's not alive to God, Amen. but it's alive. It's, it's in existence. If they die in that, if their heart stops beating in that state, their spirit goes down into the underworld apart from God because they lived apart from God in the test run phase, which is called earth. And now they're going to live apart from God for the eternal phase, which is called hell. But when, you're, when, you, when you receive Jesus, what does God do? The Holy Ghost comes when G, you get born again. The Spirit of God comes inside your belly, inside your spirit, and the light and the life and the fire of God 
quickens that wick. Jesus said, the Bible says that he was the life and the life was the light of men. When the life of God comes into your spirit, the light of God opens that spirit up and the wick becomes alive. Are you listening? So when Jesus came in, he didn't just wash you with his blood. The candle in your spirit, your spirit man became alive. It was alive in terms it existed, but it was dead to God. When the Holy Ghost comes in, it makes your spirit alive unto God. It is now lit with the life of God. Now the candle, the lamp is burning. Your spirit has light. Unlike a sinner that is in darkness, spiritual darkness, their spirit, they can't be led because it's in darkness. But when the spirit of the Holy Ghost comes in, he makes your spirit man alive and the light comes. The life is the light. It comes. You become enlightened in your spirit. Are you listening? That means if Jesus is in your heart and you're born again, inside your belly, there is a spiritual glow right now. That's right. You say, I don't know what to do. Don't say that. You do know what to do. Your mind doesn't know what to do. But you, you, the real you knows exactly what to do. But you don't know what to act or how to say until your mind catches up with what's in here. But the real you is in here. The real you knows what to do. Why? Because the real you is illuminated by God's spirit inside your belly. The spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord and it's searching. God is going to light my candle and enlighten my darkness. That means when I get born again, the spirit of God quickened me. My spirit became alive unto God a second time. And in that making me alive, which is life, in life was the light of men. Jesus was the life and the life that Jesus was the life and the life was the light of men in that life in that living in that Zoe life that recreates your human spirit comes light. Yes. Praise God. Now my spirit is not only alive unto God Jenny, but it's not in darkness anymore. Now my spirit is the candle. What would we call modern vernacular? We would call flashlight. We would call light bulb. They didn't have it back then. If they did, they would call it a flashlight. The spirit of man is the flashlight of the Lord. It is illuminated. Now, a lot of Christians, this is the sad thing. They face a situation like, should I go to this university or not, hypothetically? And so the sinner faces the same situation. Now, the sinner can only look to here because he's dark down here. So he just has to weigh pros and cons, costs, all that stuff, which is better. And, but the sinner doesn't know because he doesn't have that spiritual insight as to if the teachers are going to be good, if something else is going to go wrong. He doesn't know any of that. All he can do is make a carnal, natural, mental, uh, quantifiable reasoning. And sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. But the spirit, but the human that is born again, stands beside the sinner, and he looks at the same decision, but he has an entire another part of his being that he can access that the sinner doesn't have. He has his mind, and have a, you should use your brain. You should make your list if you want, and look at the pros and cons. You should do that. But he's got something far more valuable than his brain. He's got light and knowledge in his spirit because the Holy Ghost knows what university he wants you to go to. So the believer looks like the sinner at the natural reasoning, the mental faculty, the quantifiable data. But then if he says, now this is is where we separate. Most Christians, they stay like the sinner. They just quantify. 
They make natural reasonings. And then they wonder why huh, this thing doesn't really work. It's because you didn't work it. But if the believer puts a pause on the mental assessments and then says, Father, I look to my spirit. Why? Because you've lit my candle. My spirit is my flashlight. It is searching. Spirit of God, you live there. You've made, I've got light on the inside of me. I'm not stumbling around in darkness, Jenny. I have a right to know. What does the Bible say in Psalm 105? It says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lamps, lights are for the purpose of leading. Yes. Right? So if a lamp leads you down a path and your spirit is called the lamp of the Lord, the light of God, it means that God wants to lead you down your path with the light that's in your spirit. But you've got to look to your spirit, not your mind, because there's no light in your mind. Your mind can get renewed, but that's not where the light is. The light is in here. So Christians need to pause the natural reasoning and assessment and look down into their spirits and say, Father, if the lamp guides my path and my spirit is the lamp, then you're going to guide me through my spirit. Now, Holy Spirit, lead me, show me, reveal to me by that inner bearing of witness, by that impulse, by that sense, by that whisper. Show me. I need to know which school because it looks like this is the good school, but God knows what you don't know. God knows that there might be some psycho killer that's going to go to that school that's going to take down your number and harass you. That's extreme, but it's possible. God knows that that university professor might uh, take a st- just take a stint against you and they don't know why, they just hate you and they harass you. God knows that there might be a plan of the devil and a trap laid for you for somebody to try to get you into sexual immorality in that school. God knows everything about everything all the time. And all you know is that the money looks good and the course material looks good, but God has factored everything into infinity. So your mind goes yes to you and no to you. But if you look with a light in your spirit where God knows everything and he wants to guide you with light, look down and there'll be a sense of knowing. I don't know why, but I feel I should do this, but I can't explain it. But I just know. I don't know. When I think about that, I feel, ugh. When I think about that, I feel joy. I just know. I'm, but my mind says, no, that's not good. But my, something in my heart says, do it. That's being led by the Spirit. And you've got to learn to submit to that even when your mind tells you not to. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. You say, Pastor, we're going to get to it more later. But in a real quick synopsis, how do I get there? How do I get that sense of, I know that I know that I know, but I don't know why I know, I just know. How do you get there? You pray much in the Spirit. The more you pray in tongues, the more you'll know. It's as simple as that. People that don't pray in tongues, they don't know. It's as simple as that. Tongues needs to become your best friend. Tongues needs to become your oasis in the desert. Tongues needs to be the thing where you open your eyes in the morning and go, thank God I get to pray in the Holy Ghost. Tongues is your golden key. It is your secret weapon. Are you listening to me? I'm telling you from experience. The more you pray in tongues, the more you'll know. The less you pray in tongues, the less you'll know. I'm going to teach as we get into this, I'm going to do an entire section on tongues and what it really means because a lot of people don't know what they're doing when they pray in tongues. They're praying in tongues, but they're not praying in tongues the way they should be praying in tongues. And that's why God can't lead them. Praying in tongues is not created equal. You can pray in tongues and miss all the cues of the Holy Ghost. 
Yes, sir. But yet you're praying in tongues. So you're doing what you should do, but you're not doing it the way you should do it. Do you understand? And so I want to teach you to help you because the Lord said to me, let them soak in this subject of how to be led by my spirit. So I'm letting you soak for a little bit. We need to slow down. I know it's Hebron year. I know we're running. I know there's acceleration and all this stuff is going on, but I still have to be led by the spirit even within this year. He said, slow down. The anointing will come on you to teach. And I want you to teach for a few weeks. And I want you to teach every service. The same thing. Just keep going through your notes. It's up to them. If they want to catch up and go on live stream, you keep going. I want you to teach them because if they can learn to be led, if you can even get one or two nuggets from this three weeks, just one or two nuggets is worth it to you. I've given you about seven nuggets in this service already. That if you're smart and if you're paying attention and not thinking about your lunch and not thinking about your evening tonight, but if you're paying attention because I get one hour out of 165 hours a week with you. So make that hour precious because it's the only time I get to help you as your pastor. If you're paying attention, you'd have written some things down already because there's some nuggets that have come out. Amen. Amen. I'm not trying to scold you. I'm just trying to say, come in here, not with baggage. Come in here with a learning heart. Come in here, Father, I'm hungry. And not because he's important, but because you're important. You're just speaking through him, but you're important. Teach me, Holy Spirit. I need to understand this. This will set my whole life on track. Amen. Hallelujah. Jenny, I'll end with this. My spirit is not in darkness. Because Jesus lives inside me. My spirit, whether I realize it or not, Tony, whether I, whether I take advantage of it or not is a whole other issue. But my spirit is illuminated. I never have to be like sinners and say, I'm making a quantifiable assessment based on mental reasoning only. Because I can say, yes, I have a brain and I'll use it. But pause. Holy Ghost, I look to my spirit. What are you prompting me? What are you whispering? What are the impulses? What is the leading? What is the bearing of witness? And if I can't tell, and what happens when you pray in tongues, your spirit is active. Your mind is not active. Your body is not active other than your tongue. But your mind is not working when you pray in the spirit. So sometimes you have to fight to keep your thoughts under control because as soon as you start to pray, your mind will go bing, 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 bing because it wants to think because it's not being used. So you've got to train yourself. No mind. I have rights. I have rights. You're not the boss. I'm the boss. I tell you to be quiet. I tell you to be calm. Stop thinking about everything under the sun. You can train your mind to be quiet. And you just say, now, Father, concerning this thing now. What am I doing? My spirit starts to be active. My spirit starts to be And then what God, what the light in my spirit is trying to lead my path, what that light is, it starts bubbling up, bubbling up, bubbling up. And then my mind catches up with the light in my spirit. And then my mind is illuminated. And then I go, oh, I see it. I'm supposed to go here. Oh, I see it. I'm supposed to do that. And that's how I prosper. That's how I don't die prematurely. That's how I'm not in the wrong place at the wrong time. My answer is not blowing in no wind. The next time you listen to that song, I hope you laugh. I hope you remember your pastor singing it to you on Sunday morning, August the 23rd. The answer, my friend, is not blowing in the wind. The answer, my friend, is down in here. Joe, no matter what you ever face, there's light in your spirit. If you learn to tap into the light, the light will lead you. The light will be a light to your path. God leads you through the light in your spirit, not your mind. Stop looking to your mind. There's no answers there. 
There's answers in your spirit. Now, your, your mind will catch up with your spirit, but it doesn't start with your mind. It starts with your spirit. Amen. Amen. I've got a lot of more verses. So Wednesday night, I'm going to continue part three. Tune in. If you're not here, tune in because I'm, I'm just going to keep barreling for it. I'm not going to repeat stuff. But I, 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 don't, I don't, every service, Jenny, I feel like I, I don't get enough out because there's so much wealth in the word. I feel like I'm ripping the people off, like I need to preach another hour because I, I got There's so much that I need to teach you. There's so much I need to share from the word that God needs to teach you. But I can only get out little bits, especially with our oasis. It was a shorter message today. But I, I'm just, I want you to walk away from this morning. Remember, Remembering one thing, your spirit is the, is the light. Amen. Because you're saved, not because you're a veteran Christian, because you're simply saved, there's light in your spirit. God will lead you down the path based on the light in your spirit, not the understanding of your mind. If you tap into your spirit, he'll lead you. He leads you by your spirit. He doesn't lead you by your mind. He doesn't lead you by your body. He leads you by your spirit. Learn to tap into your spirit. The way you do that is to pray much in the Holy Ghost. But that's an oversimplification because there's a lot more details than that. But I'm just saying between now and Wednesday, you want to start being led more? Pray a lot more. Pray a lot more and you'll see something will start bubbling up. You'll just know. I don't know why, Lorraine. I just know. I just know. Even when all the money didn't look like it was going to work. The money didn't look like it was going to work. I just, it wouldn't work. Listen, I can calculate it seven times, but the calculator is not broken, Willie. The calculator's not broken. The money doesn't add up. I can't buy the property. There's not enough money. It's simple. It's just not, not, it's not complicated. It's just simple. We can't buy it. And I went to Jennifer and I said, I know God told us, but I, 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 I don't know. I, I can't do it, Lord. I don't have the money. I'm not going in debt over it. And I'm not stealing from the building fund. I can't take the staff's salaries. Well, maybe Taylor's, but I can't take the rest of their salaries. I said, I don't know what to do. But you see, I, what did, so what did I do, Willie? I got so frustrated. Sometimes you have to learn to get frustrated until you stop getting frustrated and you just quit. And I don't mean quit in the bad sense. Quit frustrating. Quit stressing. Quit striving. I got to the point where I said, <laughs> My brain is going a thousand miles. I can't figure it out. Where's my answer? It's not up here. Yeah. The answer is in my spirit. The, he wants to guide me down the path through the light of my spirit. Yes. So what did I do? Father, concerning the impossibility of Oasis, I begin to say, And I got in the shower and I and, and got knelt beside my bed. And then I went outside on the tractor. Then I went for a drive. I, I changed locations because I get bored quickly. You know, I'm like that. Maybe you're not, but I am. I got to change locations. I, I can't take the same location for too long. But I kept changing, and I just kept praying, 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 praying. Did God answer me right then? No. Does God answer me most times when I'm praying in tongues? No. Yeah. But I know I'm praying out the answer. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it wasn't just a little bit after that. Out of my spirit just comes this. And this thought comes into my mind. But I could tell it came from up. It didn't come from out. It came from up. Do you remember? About the offering? The offering? That's for the hanger. Do you remember you questioned me about it? Yes, the church shouldn't be paying for that. The travel fund should be paying for that. Yes, but that offering is for Oasis. You see, that was being led by the Spirit. I didn't know where the money was coming from. That's where God had, he had, hand, he had earmarked that offering because he knew that was the missing puzzle piece for Oasis. But I couldn't figure it out. But my spirit knew it. My brain didn't know it. But it wasn't until I had prayed much in the Holy Ghost for God to be able to reveal that to me. Because on my natural, I would have never thought that. I would have never taken money for that as assigned to somewhere else. Even today, I found it hard to even tell you that I was reassigning the offering. Because when I give you my word, I keep my word. But God told me in this one 
unusual exception, he said, you change your word. Because the, it was always assigned to this, but I couldn't explain it to you in March. You wouldn't have understood. But I told you there was two amounts, but I knew one was for us. You did it. The only thing that you could conceive was the hanger, but it was never in my mind for that. You're right. The, the FMI go pays for the hanger, but this is for the church. But you see, how would I have known that, Willie, if I just mentally uh, if assessed, assessed, assessed the calculator? You can do it seven different ways. It comes out the same number. But the spirit knew the answer, even though I didn't. How did I tap into the light that's in my spirit? How did he lead me down the path of darkness? How did he illuminate the path? How did he lead me? By the light in my spirit. How did I get the light up to my brain? By praying in the spirit. Yes. And then my brain caught up with my spirit and I go, oh, well, that's easy. Why did I stress so much? The answer was right there the whole time. It wasn't blowing in no wind. It was in there the whole time. But I couldn't access it, Jenny, because I was mental about it. Yeah. You see, I'm, I'm learning too. But we can all do this. This is, this is my sister. This is for you as much as it is for me. This is Janet. This is for you and your business with your children as much as it is for me. It's not more me than it is for Bob. Bob, this is for you as much as it is for me. It doesn't matter that I'm a minister and you're not. We're the same in God's sight. We're children of God and we have a right to be led by God. But he leads you from here, not from here. You've got to learn to tap into the light that's already there because that's what's going to guide you. He leads you through the light in your spirit. The spirit's light already lit because you're saved. Praise God. Father, I thank you for the light that's in our spirit this morning. Every person within the sound of my voice never has to make another hard decision again. Lord, they may choose to make hard decisions because they make it out of their brains, but they don't have to. They all, if they're saved, have the great potential of the light in their spirits. Lord, you want to lead them through the light that's in their spirit that came when the Spirit of God entered them, and he entered them when they got born again. Help them, Spirit of God, to yield to the light in their spirit. The answers is in their spirit. The sinners are looking for answers in everywhere, including the wind. But Lord, the answer is in their spirit because the Holy Ghost abides in their spirit and he knows their answer. And he wants so badly to reveal their answer. He wants them to be happy. He wants them to be free. He wants them to be prosperous. He wants them to be joyful. He wants to lead them down the right path perfect will path that has all the blessings stacked left and right on it. He wants that, but he can only lead them by the light in their spirit. That's what lights their way. That's how they walk. God leads us through our spirit. God lights our way through our spirit, man. Help them tap into it, Father. Help them to become skillful in learning how to open their spirit man and learn to listen and learn to hear the whisperings and the impulses and the bearings of witness by the Holy Ghost. Help them to pray more in the Holy Ghost. It will open up a whole new world of life and light to them. And then they'd never have to make another hard decision because the Holy Ghost makes it for them. And they just follow the Spirit's leading. They don't make it on their own. They follow the Spirit's leading. Holy Spirit, we could put all the hard decisions on you. Because you're God. And you're equipped for hard decisions. We're not. 
We put the hard decisions on you, Father. You show us what to do and we'll just obey you. That's the easy life. We just follow the leading. Let the Holy Spirit make the hard choices. We just do what the Holy Spirit says. Then it's easy on us. And it's always going to work out because he never leads us into failure. So we thank you, Father, for the light in our spirit. We thank you that you're teaching us as children of God about how to tap into the bearing of witness. That we don't put such an emphasis on dreams and all the other areas that you can lead us, but you usually don't. You lead us by the inner witness. So let them put their faith on that. Let them put their expectation on that. Let them look to their inner man before they look to their dream. And they'll be better off and they'll be more stable as believers. I thank you and I praise you.